boys are back in time. That's right, folks. Drinking with the Jackets is back. Did we have a hiatus there for a second? Yeah, we did. I played golf. Me and Chase played golf. We started new jobs and all sorts of other terrible adult crap. But we're back. We're back because it's football season, folks. That's right. Kids are about to report back for fall camp. Put on pads and beat the hell out of one another. And that means these two legends of the flats are back for the jackets. So let us introduce you to episode four with our friend, Nasty Nate. This has been sitting in our archives for the last month or so. Been waiting, developing it. And honestly, it was so action-packed that it took a long time to edit. But here it is. Episode four with the Nasty Nate. Hello and welcome to Drinking with the Jackets, episode four. This is a special, special episode. This is our first Bitchin' with the Boys episode. What is Bitchin' with the Boys, you may ask? Well, after games, there's nothing better to do than bitch about Jeff Collins and the Yellow Jackets. Because when you lose to guys like NIU, there ain't nothing left to do but bitch. So, we just had the spring game. We have a very special guest. Some of y'all may know him. We'll call him Nasty Nate O'Connor, giant booster for the 404. He's in the house. So with that, we're going to launch in to Bitching with the Boys. Hey, boys. This is your boy, Memphis Magi. How you doing, Chase? How you doing, Nasty? Good. How are you? Nate, how's it going? Man, listen, I uh, I just want to say, starting off, that it's, uh, it's one of the great honors of my life to be here on the Drinking with the Jackets podcast. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller, and we're ready to, you know, in short, bitch with the boys. So let's get this going. Well, sweet, man. Well, to bitch with the boys properly, we have to be drinking some beverages. So, uh, and if you're listening, you're, you're already cracked open. Another one. This is beverage number one for y'all. Uh, beverage number four for Nasty, because Nasty is an early riser. So, Nasty, what are you drinking right now? Well, if, what, if we're really bitching with the boys, let me start with my first bitch. <laughs> and that's the professionalism of this show. <laughs> so, yeah, I have my own podcast, and we'll plug that later on the show. But... My podcast, we always start on time. So I've, I've drunk four beers in prep for this, but that's not that does not alleviate my responsibility to drink six on the show. So that would yeah. be a total of 10 beers for this session of bitching with the boys. That's Swap. how you know Nasty's an OG boy right there. That's, Ready to crush six more. That's he's, right. He's done his fair I, share of bitching before. Yeah, he's, he's an expert bitcher. Uh, I'm a bitcher and I'm a, I'm a boy. <laughs> And here we are. No, I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking. I wanted. Um, I went to T Birds down the street in Lyons, live in Lyons, Georgia, which uh, you might not have heard of that. But I'm sure you've heard of Vidalia. So it's right next to Vidalia, Georgia. And it's. I uh, went to T Birds. I was going to get something light, um, but fancy for this special occasion. So I got some Creature Comforts uh, Bebo Pilsner. But. Here's the deal. Apparently, it's been sitting in the back room for a real long time because it's really it's got like skunky. 
mold and stuff growing on the can, but the beer inside is fine. It tastes fine. So, well, that was the first bitch of the day, so that's good. Well, maybe the second bitch of the day. That's two bitches. All right, Chase, what are you drinking? I've got the champagne of beers. Mm. Miller High Life, baby. Let me ask them: Is what is it Miller time right now? Oh, it's Miller time. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. All right, what you got, JP? Oh man, so this is a shameless plug too. I've got a local uh, drinking with the Jackets fan here in Memphis, Ryan Mathis. He's a Theta Zai at Georgia Tech. Does uh, HVAC stuff. He brews his own beer. And he wanted me to give him a shout out. So this is our first beer sponsorship, technically. Um, it's a fruity pale ale. I've got two of them, and then I'm going to supplement it with four more Shiner box, just because it's what I always get in the fridge. But for the listener, it is delicious. And uh, if you get invited to Ryan Toberfest, I know he brews his own beer there. Uh, delicious beer. So with that. You say Ryan Toberfest? Yeah, he's got his own Oktoberfest party that happens here in Memphis. Who gets invited to this? Uh, anybody who's anybody, bro. No, so, JK. It's like usually an apartment party. Okay, so I should expect to invite Victor next year. Time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, dope. All right, with that, we're gonna cut all the bullshit. We're gonna get down to the spring game. I don't know if a lot of listeners you actually caught it or not. That's part of the bitching session, but it was on ESPN, actually ACC network on St. Patrick's Day, which is an odd time, 6 p.m. kickoff. So that's like the first topic I want to bring up. I don't know, Chase, you're already rubbing your head. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was the first spring game of anybody, I think, in college football. I don't think anybody had a game as soon as we did, you know, in the middle of St. Patrick's Day in Atlanta at like six or seven o'clock, whatever it was. I just don't, I really don't know what they were thinking. I have a a theory on this. Oh, shoot. My my theory is that that was intentional because they didn't want anybody to watch. I mean, you, you might be right. Yeah. Uh, You're not completely incorrect. I mean, generally spring games, you run your, like your vanilla offense anyway, because you're not trying to divulge too much. But so that, I think that's part of it. I don't know. To me, especially since I'm with the lads here, this, which is a subsection of you drinking with the Jackets fans. The lads are anybody that went on uh, the glorious trip in 2016 to Ireland to watch George Tech beat Boston College. Nathan, Chase, and I are both, or all three, and part of the lads. To, to us, St. Patrick's Day is a, a holy day. A holy day of, I want to black out, have fun with my friends, and not have to worry about watching Jeffy, okay? Like, uh, so that was that was strike one for me, and then I think they invited a lot of recruits, and oh, I think was, a lot it was came. like hundreds of them. Yeah, I, I, and it sounds like a lot came. So maybe it was it, that was part of it. They wanted like to not compete with other schools too for for getting recruits on campus. Well, that was their main goal, and they succeeded. But yeah, so that was that was my first gripe. I don't know. I, I did think there were some cool things they did though. Uh, it wasn't a full field, which is kind of a con because, you know, when you want to see a spring game, you know, you, you want something close to actual football because, I don't know, as a fan, I, at least I get jacked up seeing that. But the caveat was they supplanted that back end zone, the, the north, no, south end zone, 
with a beer tent area. So that was kind of cool. Uh, and Todd State, yeah. They had um, a beer tent on the field? Yeah, it was like a, a bar in on the field. Really? hundred percent. So tell, we're gonna, tell me more. Yeah. So backstory on this too is like Todd Stansbury used to be AD at UCF. They actually have a beer garden at UCF and he's the AD that brought that. And I'm actually supportive of putting that in the South end zone, getting rid of some of that seat capacity. Cause let's be serious. Uh, we got way too many seats for way too few asses. Let's just, just, on a game to game basis. Like that's part of it. So freeing that up and making something cool where let's say I'm nasty Nate. And I only get to go to three games a year. Cause I'm on call at work. You know, I want to experience the best. I want to go to the beer tent during the game. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, when we play Georgia, we don't have to have the stadium 90% red. It can just be 80, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was bad. I was there this year. You get one point on the bitch fest meter there. <laughs> was this around the horn? That's one point for a chase. <laughs> yeah. Holy sh! Uh, did you see? Uh, speaking of that, <laughs> did you see some of the recruiting? Uh, uh, you know, they have graphics and stuff. They basically doctored pictures from that game and like put gold on people wearing red. <laughs> That's how bad it was. That's uh, embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It is you know, it, 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 you can describe it as this. It's a culture that we have developed over decades that has, it's now just reality. And it's too, I think we're too far and that it, it would have to take some kind of drastic change, like programmatic cultural change for that ever to, to be any different. I don't think you're too far off actually, Nathan. Like I think, Collins has got the right idea that you need to capture the the city and bring them in as part of the fan base, right? The problem has been the three years of three and nine, and I think that's really swamped his building of that culture, right? Well, yeah, and on top of COVID, you have a weird COVID year. You got not a lot of fans coming, and and then on top of all that, you throw in NIL. And all, yeah. the, and it's like we just for some reason we weren't prepared for it. I thought we were. Yeah, uh, they had that cool. Uh, what's that? Invest is it? Invest QQ commercial. We, we got sponsored by TiVo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's a well. I mean, that's kind of cool. But, yeah, and I think circling back to one of the things that unique about tech is that we send people everywhere. Like, let's we're recording right now, Nathan. You don't live in Atlanta. You live in South Georgia, which is totally dope because I used to live with you. Awesome place. Yeah. Not not too far of a ride, like making Atlanta game. And we did. We made a lot of games. Chase, you don't live too far. You know, you're you're in Greenville. You make most of the games, two-hour drive. I live six hours away. I still make most of the games because I'm an idiot. But that's, that's neither here nor there. But, like, a large fan base. People live out in Houston, out in, like, Silicon Valley, out in New York, like, those fools ain't coming to the game. They're just going to tune in on TV if they even care, you know? Well, so. yeah, that's that might be true. And I I feel like this session of bitching with the boys is getting too far out of the bitch hole. Like, yeah. like, we, we're, like we're not going to be able to get out. So I want to give a message of hope, okay? I have a lecture series that I give on accountability 
uh, I do this to people in, in my my line of work. And the, the message of accountability is that big picture, we're in the driver's seat of our lives, whether it's personal life, work, or Georgia Tech football. We have the ability to make changes that minutely and discreetly point us in the right direction. So are, are all these things true? Yes. Does it suck? Yes. Should we be bitching about it? Yes. Can we change the outcome? Also, yes. Heck yeah, baby. So did you renew your tickets, dude? No, but I am going to this uh, year. No, not yet, but I am I going to. Yeah, yeah. Your call to action coming out of this is I'll, go get season tickets. Amen. I will. Tell me where y'all sitting up and I'll get tickets. Heck yeah, man. I'll shoot you right over. Uh, yes. I'll do that right after the game or after this uh, podcast. Um, so connected to the beer tent and all that stuff. So because they didn't have an end zone, this is more of like a practice really than a spring game. And so because of that, they went through 11 on 11 and then they did seven on seven. Chase, you're a real big, big jacket guy. Great in the film room um, from our basketball days. Uh, what did you see? Well, I, I saw, I thought Gibson, there was a lot of talk about the backup quarterback Gibson. Uh, he looked pretty good. Granted, he's going against second team defense. Yeah, that's a huge call. And, you know, he didn't really face a lot of pressure. But when he did face some pressure, I noticed he didn't have too much accuracy. So, anyway, I, I don't think the hype's there around Gibson. I don't know. If, I think Pyron, the freshman, is going to be the one to put the most pressure on, on Jeff Stim, which I'm excited yeah. about. We didn't, get yeah. to see, we didn't get to see him in the spring game, but we'll see. Yeah, he but, had, he had messed up like his thumb or some mess like that. So yeah, he it wasn't that wasn't that big a deal. But I think the big thing I was excited to see. I think we're going to be strong in the, the slot wide receivers, like Malik Rutherford, um, freshman DJ Moore looked good. DJ Moore looked fantastic. Yeah, he man. looked good. So I think there's hope there. I think we just need we need some big big boys like Leo Blackburn to step up. But my big concern on the offense. Well, other than obviously, I think the obvious guess in consistency is that offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw all the complaints about Sims and um, consistency, but I think that's part of the call out, right? Is that he was missing uh, the Clemson guy. Uh, I can't say his last name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, I'll wait to be in the stadium and hear someone pronounce his name. I'm. Sorry uh, if I butchered your name and you're listening to Drinking with the Jackets. Uh, speaking of which, I hope you butchered this beer because we should have already drank one. So, on to beer two. Another one. Cheers. Cheers. Or, if for our Irish friends, Solange. Solange. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was missing. I think, you know, he got banged up and uh, should be back early summer. So, you're missing that. And I think a good call out is that they're actively looking for some O-line depth with starting experience. I think I think the core of the group l- will gel pretty well. Like Jordan Williams, kid's got some starts under his belt. Looks pretty good. I think the Pierce guy, you know, if you come from Bama, I hope you can damn play football. Uh, but, you know, I've been, I've been uh, wrong in the past. So uh, not looking to any uh, defender's name in, in, in uh, specifics, but, you know, rhymes with Mayton. Anyway, but yeah, I think Sims Sims wasn't as bad as people put out to it. And then there's some rumblings, like you said, that the freshman uh, Pyron actually has a better chance 
at unseating Sims than uh, than Gibson. Although Gibson looks like a great you know backup quarterback. Who do y'all think's making the offensive calls there? Is it Chaffee? Is it the uh, what's her boasted? Well, so the new OC is Chip Long. Chip uh, Long, yeah. So Chip Chip's got a great resume, and they just picked up Jim Chaney as an offensive analyst. So Jim Chaney ran the offense for Georgia, if you remember when they went to, I guess they're the runner-ups with Jake Fromm in the national title, which is a super run-heavy uh, offense. But Chaney was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee where Chris Winkie, our new quarterback coach, and Chip served under. I'm a big Chip Long guy. Offensive coordinator when he was at Notre Dame had some great teams, great tight end development. Um, and then he's also tied to Mike Norvell for us local Memphians over here. Everyone remembers Mike Norvell uh, ran his offense uh, with smashing success. So the offensive thought power is about times a billion compared to old Coach Peanut, who by by chance I actually ran into at the Memphis airport, maybe like. Was it two months ago, Chase? I, I've texted you. Yeah. Oh, Portnoy was going to his new job. Oh, oh, oh Dave. Coach, Coach Portnoy. High, high school at Memphis. No, he's he's. I think he's with Akron. Was it? It's not Akron. Uh, he went to Old Dominion. Old Dominion. That's what it was. He was wearing his gear, and I come around the corner. That's in he, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Come around the corner in the first terminal, and I see this dude in Old Dominion thing, and I've seen Portnoy or. Coach Panuda, I don't know how to say his name properly. Pat, Pat no. Pat no. Dude, that's the best part. I totally butchered his name to his face, but he recognized it because he's, you know, probably used to it. I'm like, Coach Panuda. And he turned around and he goes, Hey. I'm like, and we kind of like had like this awkward like stare for like approximately two seconds. And I go, uh, big tech fan, uh, you know, good luck. Shaking his hand. I just shook his hand. He goes, Oh, thanks. And, you know, and in the back of my head, I'm like, I should just call him a big old <laughs> to his face, <laughs> but I didn't have no gumption to do that. Um, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a why, nice guy. Why would you call him a? Yeah, I don't he's know. a terrible offensive coordinator. But that doesn't make him a. I mean, that's true. I agree. I agree. I'm with Nate on this. What kind of shit are you trying to? That's like saying to you know a backup NFL quarterback, you're a. What? What does that make you, Josh? I, <laughs> I don't know. I guess a beater. I don't know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, right into him. So going back to, to Nasty's original uh, question, I think the offensive firepower that we have now in the coaching room uh, is going to help Jeffy to actually focus on the defense instead of relying on fact daddy to run the defense, which, uh, which was a terrible, terrible, terrible experience. And really, he was relying on his Instagram to really take the team across the finish line. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. Uh, I guess I guess I won't be able to yell Thacker like every two plays anymore whenever we're on defense. I don't know. Our seats were like right by him, and gosh, guy stinks. Um, <clears throat> so some of the offensive takeaways that you kind of touched on um, – it looked like there was a lot more motion before the snap, uh, a lot more two tight end sets, and it looks like uh, we're actually going to use the tight end for the first time since, like, Nam. Thank goodness. That's what I don't understand when Jeffy first got here and was, like, talking about how we didn't have tight ends. And I'm like, all right, well, 
know, year three and yet now you have tight ends. Why aren't you using them? In the red zone, especially, you're like, uh, yeah. Just, we had Tyler, just Tyler, bail him out. I mean, I don't know. We had Tyler his first year, placed with the Jaguars. How, you didn't utilize him, man. He was a blocking dummy, just basically. Um, it looks like the Dillons are going to get more involved. Uh, Billy Ward looks like he's going to force string or, or, you know, also rotating because there's so many tight ends. Um, shout out to Billy Ward. I tried to give you some sneaks. Uh, whatever. This is part of the NIL deal, bro. Anyway. And then it looks like the uh, – I think his name's Benson guy coming from Syracuse. Shout out to our Cuse listeners, uh, including James Jarrett, who hopped on the pod last time. Great the episode. Syrac- Great episode. Yeah. The tight end from Syracuse looks like a real burner. Got some real athletic ability, and I think he's going to be a huge asset. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, let me tell you something. What, uh, my big takeaway from the, from the uh, spring game was – is the the coaching staff changes. I think the coaching, you know, there's been so many changes and roughly so. But uh, I've been really impressed with Jeffy's restraint from social media and his uh, Mm. really um, going more towards coaching players. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that's a positive change. (laughs) Change in the right direction, huh? That's a good point, Nate. I'm actually going to – I'm going to fact check this, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't tweeted since the Northern Illinois game. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. No, I'm I'm dead serious. Like, I I thought – I'm not on Twitter, but I'm – Yeah, no, that was was his last tweet was September 4th, 2021. White out Bobby Dodd, NIU versus CT. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I caramba. Yeah. That's I was, that was the beginning of the end of my uh, ankle break relationship. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, that was not. That, I, well, actually, you know, we can chalk up that relationship in not, not to you, but Jeffy's poor performance on the field. How about that? Yeah, if it wasn't for Jeffy, you know, I'd probably, you know, be married with five kids right now. Exactly, exactly, exactly. For the second uh, time. Dude, you wanna you wanna read my last tweet? That's fine. <laughs> Where I just didn't retweet somebody. I gotta find that. I I I for the listeners, I don't tweet often, but when I do, I'm usually six or seven beers deep in Bobby Dodd Stadium. So let's see. At Coach Thacker, this is a goodbye gift, comma, don't let the door hurt you on the way out. <laughs> At GT Todd Stansbury, I'd never think I'd do this, but you better leave someone on the runway in Indiana. <laughs> that was after the Notre Dame game where we got blown out. That was bad. Yeah, Jeez, Louise. You can always count on JP for a mid-game tweet. Yeah. It, it changes the course of the game, in my opinion, and that's actually not true. <laughs> Sweet. So we'll we'll wrap up uh, this segment again with uh, kind of a, I guess, recruiting roundhouse touch. Big news. Uh, besides, uh, what's the big boy that we just hired? Cheney. Cheney uh, coming into the staff. Kenyatta Watson. I don't expect Nasty to know this, but but Chase, can you give us like a little, uh, I don't know, tidbit, a little little spot ISIS about Kenyatta Watson joining the uh, staffing? Yeah, so uh, arrangement. It should be a big hire. Kenyatta, uh, he's big in the, the high school circuit in the Atlanta area. Like all the all the kids seem to know him. 
Um, he, you know, recently he's always wanted to get in Georgia Tech. It seems uh, just finding this out recently, but he took a job at Florida State because I think we couldn't bring him on. Yeah, we picked for, up his son when he transferred from Texas. Yeah, his son joined the team, so it was like an NCAA compliance issue. We couldn't bring him in, but he was at Florida State for a little while. I think it, I mean it was less than a year, and I guess we got it clear with the NCAA that he could come to Tech. And as soon as he got clearance, we brought him back on. So I think, honestly, even if we were to fire Jeffy after this season, I think he's a guy that could maybe stick around with the next coach. I don't know. But yeah, he, he should hopefully help with the recruiting. So Yeah, we, we just offered a linebacker out of Grayson. He's had a huge Grayson pool, too. That's where Kenyatta played. That's where a lot of great players come from. So that's huge. Last bit of news that I'm going to talk about. I just got a shout out to the 901. My Gus's fried chicken came through. We have a defensive tackle with quality experience coming in, and Joseph from Memphis. What a great transfer. Chase, I don't know what you think about it. Nasty, I don't know if you even knew about that. What do you think about actually getting in uh, uh, what looks like to be a quality defensive tackle? Yeah, I mean, we, we need some big boys up there to stop the run. But um, yeah, he looks like a good player. He had some good numbers from Memphis last year. Yep, and I think the year before he had even better numbers. You know, when they made the uh, Cotton Bowl, I think his PFF that year was like an eighty, which is pretty pretty damn high compared to some of our other guys. Um, yeah, so really excited so, about that. Ex- explain that for the listeners who don't know what PFF is. Oh, it's like a power. Was it power football? It's like basically a performance pro, index. Yeah, pro football focus or something like that. But. Yeah, and so it's a grading of the players. Basically, someone sits down and evaluates like how they perform, and then it's a scale kind of like kind of like normal grading, but where C is pretty average, B is good, A you're Nick Chubb or somebody or Calvin Johnson jocking on people. So when you get a guy that's a especially de- defensive tackle where, you know, you're in the trenches and stuff, you're getting in the eighties. That's a solid, solid player. IMO. Okay. Well, that doesn't tell anybody what any of that means, but that's <laughs> some, some <laughs> ar- arbitrary score. Is it like a couple of your bench press? And- no, no. It's like how you did again for like for that position specifically, it's like how many, how many uh, quarterback hurries he had, how many, tackles behind the line of scrimmage was he able to shed blocks pretty quickly so it's it's actual performance tracker so it's, so it's, a, it's an algorithm yeah kind of it, and it's helped it's it's used to evaluate players going to the pros right is it objective or subjective it's objective yeah okay. as, as much as it as much as it can be i'm sure right because you have somebody breaking down film right yeah okay. i mean good i just want the listeners to, to make sure that they know Oh, oh, yeah, the listeners know. Well, speaking yeah. of knowing stuff, how about uh, have some really good news? We're supposed to be on beer number uh, two now, so uh, drink up. I saw Nasty pour his. Another one. I'm on beer number eight, but okay. Who's counting? <laughs> okay. Well, cool. We're going to transition now into the good part. So, Nasty, why don't you go in and explain to us who you are, how we know you, and what makes you – I'd say a Georgia Tech super fan, maybe a booster. Like, uh, what, what, what's your ties to Georgia Tech? Where's your passions? Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm a lifelong Tech fan, lifelong, but not for the right reasons. The reason I've been a Tech fan my whole life 
it's because I didn't even know it. Let that sink in. Okay. My father was a UGA grad. My older brother ended up going to UGA. Never knew my great-grandfather. He was a tech alumnus. Theta Chi fraternity brother, Roster, too. My grandfather, also Georgia Tech alumni. He, uh, he, he passed away when I was 11 years old. They really got to talk to him about it. So I was in this nebulous of not knowing who to root for. I, I rooted, I guess, by happenstance, just by, due to peer pressure for the, you know, the team in the swamp of Athens. Uh, well, I would make fun of you, but I did the same thing. So sim- similar lies. Yeah, yeah. Which there's a whole discussion in a in and of itself on um, the price of ignorance, <laughs> and what it can do to a uh, harm a person's life. But that's that's a topic for an- another uh, another day. But anyway, in my entire life, I always had an attitude of uh, I don't know of. Uh, curiosity of going toward uh, a light that I could never reach. And then I, uh, through a series of events, I did go to tech and became in large part a yellow jacket because I discovered my heritage and I, and I, um, I decided to keep the, that legacy going. So I did. Some would say super legacy. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people call me super like it. It's not why you think. <laughs> I can remember. Anyway, I, like my grandfather and great grandfather, I, I, I was in uh, Theta Chi. You know, uh, I loved it. I, I'm so glad I, I went through. And uh, I made a conscious decision when I there. I knew that I wouldn't have a quote unquote better time than if I were to go to, you know, the quagmire in Clark County. Uh, but in spite of what the naysayers say, and I learned this later in life, it was a an experience that has been a positive and trans- transformative, uh, you know, huge thing for me in the O'Connor family. I'm glad you bucked the trend, mate. Yeah, <laughs> that was a long, 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 long explanation. But Nathan, you know you're a season ticket holder on there. I've I sat with you for years. Additionally, uh, you know I think you've joined a prestigious club. You talked to us about the 404 uh, club or whatever you joined. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Jeff Collins, when he came, there's a lot of hype around it, as there should be with any new coach. There was a there was a push. I was a ten year alumni. This is year number ten. Well, actually, that's wrong. This is year number ten right now, as we said. So this was year number eight or seven or something. I don't know. <laughs> and, and anyway, they had this big thing uh, for for the culture hashtag yada yada, and I bought in. I was all in. Spent four hundred four dollars for a hat. <laughs> Got the hat. Wore it. I'm going to get the backpack, right? Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. 
my ex-wife won that in the divorce, but I, I still have the hat. <laughs> but anyway, I got the hat, wore it proudly. I would go to football games, wear it, be like a big deal, yada, yada, yada. So I'm in this fancy football league. Okay. And I show up. We have a, the draft down at Disney World when, when uh, late in August, the year after I get the hat. And I go down there and uh, I drive. I'm like the last person there. And I get there and I see a guy in the driveway of the house we're staying at. He's wearing a 404 hat. I get out and say, like, dang, dude, I didn't know you had a 404 hat. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a big deal. I was like, wow, well, that's cool. And then I see the next guy. He also has a 404 hat. They all have 404 hats. They had hired a damn. You know, one of these shithead, uh, you know, services to make hats and it cost them $20 each. And they look exactly, <laughs> exactly to the T, exactly with Adidas and the GT logo, everything. It looks exactly the same. They paid $20. So it was like a big laugh about it. Yeah. But. I can legit, I don't have to lie when I say I'm part of the, you know, hashtag for, for the culture. Club. That's true. And, and Georgia Tech Athletics, thanks you for your contributions. Yeah. And they'll be asking you for more money very shortly. Yeah, very shortly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Nathan, uh, you know, me, I alluded to this too. First episode, I talked about this to, with uh, Chase. You know, I grew up similar to you. If you come to the state, you probably have state ties. Unfortunately, to the cesspool of the South in Athens. Um, but you know that being said, some of us get stung by going to Athens more than others. For me, you know, for instance, I remember my freshman year. I think the game was in Athens, and uh, I remember distinctly walking down uh, to the stadium and getting pelted by Willy Wonka nerds with a man with six teeth at the Golden Pantry, and that scarred me for life. Uh, Nathan, I know you've gone to a bunch of Georgia, Georgia Tech games. Uh, do you have any funny, cool stories from that experience? Yeah, I got a couple. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> Strap up and sit down, boys. <laughs> let me tell you about the uh, uh, November 2010 incident. So this is the first time I ever got arrested. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan, uh, dumb question. How many times have you been? Just, just the two. Just okay, the making two. sure. Just the two. Okay. Just so, the two. Yeah, yeah. These are well documented. Actually, they're not. They've both been expunged. So you're not going to find this. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> anyway, they, and uh. So it's uh, November uh, 2010, you know, Paul Johnson, his, uh, I guess that would have been his uh, third, fourth year coaching. Anyway, uh, pre-gaming with uh, the Cowboys at uh, some elementary school parking lot. And, and you know, that's like seven, eight hours. This is a night game. It's not true. It's Athens. Uh, it's Clark County High School, which okay. is on Greek Row there. All right. Because I was with you. <laughs> Sorry for the confusion. Makes it a little better. Yeah. All right. All right. So I, 
What'd you say, Chase? I, I was gonna say I was gonna transition a little bit here. Tell us, tell us about the Ireland trip. Oh, the Ireland trip? Yeah. Oh man. Well, you know my last name's O'Connor, and I have a deep, deep love and appreciation for the Emerald Isle. And I have, uh, I have never in my life been on a better vacation than this uh, Ireland trip. Uh, the most beautiful people, the most magical scenery. The company was unbelievable. The combination of these things made a memorable and I'll say a life-changing trip. I agree. What was your favorite takeaway, Chase? I mean, the game was just an excuse to go. I mean, that was the first thing we did. It was great that we won. It set the tone for the rest of the trip. How about that stadium? Yeah, it was cool. Dude, that was cool. I remember us grabbing a bunch of Guinness, which I thought was the coolest thing that they sold Guinness in a stadium. Although we had I drank. Thought was, I thought it was cool that it sold beer, period. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember us doing chug-offs with the Irish dudes behind us? Yeah, they were. Uh, they, it was as if they had been doing it since they were bored. It's <laughs> Because they've been doing it since they were born. <laughs> we thought we were cool guys being able to drink. It was not. We were not in the same league. No, no. I spilled like probably over the entire day, probably half a Guinness on my my shirt. It, it was a lot of Guinness. Now, Nathan, I don't know about you. I've alluded to this in the first episode. I happened to get lost in Ireland by myself. I don't know if you have any interesting <laughs> takes from that night too i had a rough night i explained to the audience that i was uh, separated in a bar and uh yeah had to get yeah. home yeah i heard the podcast and i agreed with some aspects of your uh story i took i didn't agree with all of it but that's neither here nor there but yes i uh, also struggled to find my way home that same night i'm gonna plead the fifth he turned his he turned his roaming on you know let's just say yeah i do know that nathan did not have data he had asked and we had talked about turning data on in the uh european country and he was like josh are you gonna do it i'm like no i don't I plan on hanging out with the group the entire time jokes on me uh and then nathan was like yeah i'll do the same jokes on him and then i think you were got lost in the trinity bar district at like yeah. 2 a.m the temple temple, temple in, bar my bad temple bar district yeah. pretty yeah. college it's a i made this so i stayed abroad at gt lorraine in the summer of 09 and back then it was crazy expensive to get you know self-service in europe it wasn't as expensive in ireland and and I've, I've had so many dramatic experiences in G2RA where I couldn't come to that and it's a period. So I couldn't, if I get separated, it was like the end of the world because how do you find somebody in a modern world when you can't contact them? I mean, that's, you know, it, if you were to say this, even just 20 years ago, they would be like, well, there, there's, you can do this, A, B, and C. 
But we're helpless nowadays. You're totally helpless. If you don't have a cell phone, you can't contact anybody. What do you do? You don't know. You don't know what you do. And then you panic and you're like, yada, 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 yada. It's not a good situation. Well, I did not take those lessons learned and apply them to Ireland. <laughs> so I found myself. You didn't use that OE, huh? No, there was no operating experience utilized in, in this uh, Ireland trip even though I could even afford it at this time. And I found myself in a similar situation where I got separated, couldn't find anybody, but miraculously, and with little incident, some incident, found my way back to the uh, Airbnb, which, Chase, did you ever get that key back tour? I did not. No, I didn't. Um, our gracious Airbnb host, Uda, I, I lost keys in my and I lost my cell phone on the first day. Of the trip, Nathan, Nathan almost lost his passport in Killarney, so that would have been even more tragic. I did leave my nice Under Armour Georgia Tech windbreaker. <laughs> it's still in Killarney. Yep, <laughs> it's on the floor of a. Well, uh, the Hobbit Hole or whatever bar. That was, oh my gosh. <laughs> How many Nazgul shots did we take? <laughs> what Sorry. a good time. That place was, what a tourist trap, but it was so much fun. I believe that might, that might have been Tinder Tuesday. <laughs> that was a Tuesday. <laughs> it was. For the listeners, there was a bar in Killarney shaped like the Hobbit place, and it was <laughs> it was Lord of the Rings themed, and we had we had like ten Nazgul shots because we're cool dudes. Yeah, yeah. It was Bilbo Baggins' home in the Shire, near Bag End. For those of us know, for the Tolkien listeners, <laughs> for the Tolkien listeners. Yeah. Oh man, nasty. I I've traveled to Clemson with you. I've traveled to many away games. Do you have any cool stories from like maybe like going to, I think it was the year before I was a freshman, but like Mississippi State or anything else like that? Yeah, Mississippi State, that's a good time. Yeah, this is Starkville, Mississippi. Stark Vegas, as some would say. Yeah, so this is an anti-Mississippi rant that I'm about to get on to. So anyway, Starkville, Mississippi. Starkville, if you've ever been, you probably never want to go back. I'm not, a, I'm not, uh, you know, Listen, I get it. Mississippi State, engineering school in Mississippi. I know some smart people that went to Mississippi State. I think that's great. The experience that I had when I attended the game in 2000, fall 2009, we beat their ass. That, was, ass. that was the year we won the Orange Bowl. No, we went to the Orange Bowl, but we lost. No, actually, no. This is oh, we won we the Orange Bowl. We won the Orange Bowl in twenty fourteen. Correct. We won the ACC championship in two thousand nine. My so freshman we, year, and we went to the Orange Bowl, but we didn't win. That's right. I've actually, I which is exactly gotta, what I just said. If yeah. you rewind no, no, the tape, you're gonna you're, hear you're it. off a little bit. It's we played them in Starkville in 08, and then they came to. No, you're right. No, we went. You're right. I apologize. We went to Starkville in 09. They came to Atlanta in 08. You're correct. I apologize. Right. Okay, good. 
uh, anyway, we went to Starkville. You know, two two prestigious listeners of the show, Bama and both illustrious Thetica brothers, went with me to this game. Well, as he sometimes would, drank too much, and he got sleepy near the end of the game. Well, what do you do when you get sleepy? You take a nap. You take a nap in the stands. Okay, the Mississippi State, we'll just call them security personnel, did not take kindly to that, drug them down the stands. Bam up it. Drug them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he woke up and he was still sluggish. Obviously, the, uh, everybody, all his friends were like, what the hell? We're, we're, we'll take care of them. Doesn't matter. Didn't matter. They were, they were belligerent about the whole situation. Bama became like, you know, the good brother that he was, very, you know, engaged in making sure that he would claim responsibility. So he was very passionate about taking and not allowing the security personnel to take him. Well, they arrested Bama too. They said, okay, you're going to jail as well. So they took both of them to jail. Not me. Let me that let, let that be clear. <laughs> not listeners. One of the instances Nathan did not get arrested. Not in this case. I just want to put that out there that you won't find anything in the Mississippi state records with Nathan O'Connor. We had a we had a damn bail those two jokers out of jail the next morning before we went home. Yeah. Yeah. And and for those who've never been to, to, to prison or jail, it's not a fun time. Have you ever been, Josh? Yeah, I was going to say, Josh has never been. He's no, been I have not. Out. But I, I know from my uh, half-brother, a.k.a. Nathan, I know from my biological brother, who is an avid listener, uh, who is also, do you say attended? He's attended Fulton County Prison. He said that was pretty rough. But, you know, I, I don't have it to compare it to, like, Teams County or anything like that. Chance, have you, uh, Chase, have you been? I have not. No. Would you like to go? <laughs> it's not hard to. <laughs> if I wanted to, I could end you up You can do it at this very moment. Yeah. Go to your local gas station <laughs> and try to rob the place. Yeah. Just you can spend the night tonight. <laughs> Just see what it's like. I'll think about it. Yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> Might have to call in the work tomorrow, but it's worth. It. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Let not me, worth it. Let me be clear. I'm not. I'm not condoning criminal acts that exist <laughs> so you can go to jail. Yeah, I don't think that's okay. That's what but, the Southern Drawings podcast all about. Uh, on the Southern Drawings podcast, which I still want to make a plug for, we we do not condone criminal acts of violence just so you can stay in jail, just so you can talk about it on another podcast. We don't condone any of that. But if you do get arrested, call uh, O'Connor and Brian. Is that your brother's uh, law firm? It's Brian and O'Connor. No, yes. Brian O'Connor, my bad. Sorry, I did listen to the podcast. Well, I think in the last little segment, we'll we'll do this and then wrap it up. You mentioned the Orange Bowl, man, and a lot of good guys in 2014 
I know for a fact you went to the Orange Bowl with me. Did Can I? you describe that experience? What do you think of it? And, uh, you know, what are your memories from there? Yeah, no, uh, I... Um... Also, crush a beer. Everyone needs to drink a beer right now. Another one. Okay, I'm on beer number uh, 18 now. No, Orange Bowl 2014, what a time to be alive. It was uh, truly a magical experience. Bebe Thomas. Wrong. <laughs> that was that was back when uh, Calvin Johnson was on the team. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, let me. I'll kick off the story and then let you fill in the gaps in your memory. This is 2014. So, uh, of course, Miami Orange Bowl. We're playing in uh, the Dolphin Stadium now. So uh, Nathan and I. It's and not then, called. It's not called the Orange Bowl anymore. No, so the Orange Bowl was originally played in the Orange Bowl, uh, which was in um, the University of Miami Stadium, but it got tore down. But they call it the Orange Bowl still anyway. So I remember me, you, and my brother, uh, fellow podcast listener, Benjamin Partridge, we rode down together in his little Civic. You know, besides the eventful ride of going to accidentally going to an establishment we that didn't. Cloud nine. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't focused on our clientele. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, definitely not. No, it was just funny because we were looking for chicken wings. We did get delicious chicken wings. It just they happened were, to be they were not good. No. Yeah, no, it was it was more it was a nine hour drive from Vidalia, which is sane enough. But we did go to uh I think it was fellow alumnus brother, Logan Moore, big fantasy football guy, big fan of the pod, whose dad worked for KPMG, hooked us up with Orange Bowl official pregame passes and this is i don't know about you nathan this is the first time i've been to like a to a swanky like pregame party where they gave like you walk in and they gave you a, a pin i still have it you can put on your lapel it's the original orange bowl against ironically playing against Dak prescott in mississippi state memorabilia and uh yeah it, i just remember being amazed by all these guys in orange jackets i don't know you want to tell the audience about like the pregame scenario there yeah so thing to me and my biggest takeaway was the the scantily clad women with platters of and I forget the name of it it's half champagne half crown royal shots. Oh yeah. What oh, do you yeah. call those? I, I've never there, heard of that. There's a, it's a thing. Anyway, if you had ever been to the VIP room of the Orange Bowl Chase, you would know. I'm looking this up right now. Thanks. Anyway, I got I drank too many of those. And to preface it, it was there weren't enough tech. No, not even tech. It was just like, you know, it's a massive stadium. And then these are, it's on New Year's Eve, right? So it's hard to fill up. And like there weren't enough KPMG people that went. So we got these for free. And like besides those, I don't know, Chase looks them up, whatever they are, they had like top shelf liquor, like. You just walked in and you had to pay a dime for it. It's unlimited. It was unlimited. And the the number of ice sculptures with fountains in them was also astounding. Yeah, I, I mean it was it was high end. I remember we had like whatever we wanted to eat, like sliders and all this mess. Bottom line is, so most tech fans can remember that night. It was a vivid night, and I can remember parts of the night. I cannot remember the first half at all. 
there's a picture of me that my brother has talking to the local law enforcement officer next to me in the stadium. And I think I lost you, Nate, for like half the night. Yeah. I, don't, I remember I came to cognitively with Sinjin Days bowling over somebody going down the whatever yard line and then going into the end zone. And I said, holy smokes, we're winning this son of a gun, you know, like, and I just remember also they handed out those inflatable clangers because Mississippi State fans all had uh, those those bells that would like would have drowned Cow- us out with noise. Cowbells. Yeah, cowbells. More cowbell. I don't know. Yeah. What was your memory of that game besides that? Well, I remember seeing pictures of the previous night the next day. I also remember <laughs> I remember after the game, like coming to and then as we're going out, somebody handing us a bottle of champagne. <laughs> yes. And we chugging the bottle of champagne, and then, I'll, then I don't remember anything again. <laughs> so I came to apparently before you, but I blacked out at the same time. What happened? Well, what happened? How, ben- did we, how did we even get back? <laughs> so Ben tells a story. Ben is underage at the time, so he's not getting as many free drinks, I don't believe. We go to the game. We have a lot of fun. Uh, I come to you. Apparently, were just a, a corpse inside, or you know, a living corpse next to us. But apparently, me and my uh, par for the course got grabbed you, and we came running out of the stadium. And Ben says he, we just, he just lost us running out of the stadium. And I'm apparently chanting, "We want Bama! We want Bama! We want Bama!" Uh, over and over again. He comes to, and and, and I remember this is. We're chanting this, jumping on my brother's black little Honda Civic, which is a two-door coupe, so not a very big vehicle. Me and you are both sitting on the trunk of it, chanting, we want Bama, and some very nice Mississippi State folks came up to us, and we immediately changed our tune. They go, hell of a game. Y'all really beat us. Congrats. Do y'all want a whole bottle of champagne? And I said, yes, y'all played a great game. Have a nice time. And then they handed us a bottle of champagne, and Ben says he walks up, and me and you are chugging the rest of the champagne, handing it back to each other, jumping up and down again on his little Honda Civic. And uh, that's that's all that happened. That sounds like paradise. It was paradise. <laughs> this is the first year of the college football playoffs, and we almost made it, just pointing it out. Man, let me tell you another part of that story. It's the next day. We have to drive from Miami to Vidalia. How, how far a drive is that, Josh? Nine hours, man. Nine-hour drive. That's right. Yeah. So we go about halfway to which, – which which Hooters did we go to? Was it <laughs> Fort Lauderdale or Daytona? Yeah, I think it was Fort Lauderdale Hooters. Yeah, we went to Fort – it was another time we went to Daytona. That was Hooters. a different time we went to Miami. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, <laughs> we went to the Fort Lauderdale Hooters, and it was a, uh, it was, it was a sight. Yeah, <laughs> it was better than the making, <laughs> the making Georgia. For, for for those don't they do not live in the South Georgia area, the closest. That's not true. Probably, I don't know. No, it's, think, it's definitely the closest. The closest Hooters to Vidalia is the one in Macon. We went for a bad buddy's bachelor party. I would not patron that place again. Not a great place. Uh, but the one in Daytona Beach on a different Miami trip with Nathan, 
which we will have to record that on a different podcast. I, I remember him looking around like a kid in candy shop and him telling me vividly that the girls in Florida were much more attractive than the girls in Georgia. So, but yeah, we had to drive nine hours back hungover. It was fantastic. Anyway, that's all I have, or at least that's the only recollections I have or, or great memories that I have uh, with you, Nathan, in the stadiums. Yeah, good times. All right, so Nathan, I know you're big into the fantasy game, fantasy football. Tell us a little bit about your your fantasy league. Tell us a little bit about how you guys do your fantasy draft, and in particular, the location for this year's draft. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're the TKN Gold Club which is the uh, preeminent league in the uh, lower United States. I think I do want to point this out, though, as you say preeminent, that the first ever back-to-back Sacco in our league who got relegated out of our league resides in your league. So I I call that into question. Got relegated to find that term. He was so bad he had to quit our league is what I'm trying to get to. Hey. He voluntarily quit. He left, in other words. After getting the bottom twice in a row. It sounds like he decided to leave because it was not very interesting to him. I guess losing because you're so bad and playing with low. Who are you talking about? I I don't want to disclose names because he may be an avid listener. We'll we'll discuss this offline. Rhymes with putty. Yeah. Yeah. Another <laughs> guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's been sacked on our league as well. <laughs> so maybe, his, maybe it's a general trend. His ineptitude transcends leagues. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough then. Yeah. It's not just you. Okay. And uh, anyway, TCAN Go Club, TCAN Central Theta Chi Alpha Nu. We we uh, we don't we allow people of other. Uh, we're not exclusive in that way, but we are very exclusive in that we do not allow uh, puds to join the league. Speaking of puds, I hope you're drinking another beer because it's time to drink another one. Uh, well. Do I need to go get beer number 19 or am I excluded from this count? You're, you're excluded. Okay. Thank you. It's a school night, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, Tiki and Go Club, you know, we, we're, we're very famous. We've got a lot going for us. We're an authentic club. W- one of the defining factors of us is that we were one of the, I'll say, pioneers of the auction draft philosophy for fantasy leagues. A lot of people had reservations about going toward this because I guess they like intellect. But after we've, we've done a lot of pioneering, we've been doing it for many years, many, many, many years. So when's a scenario when auction draft would maybe backfire and get you yourself? Like maybe backfire on you if you're drafting. Let's like, say you let's say you're hammered and don't have a, a solid mind. When <laughs> could that backfire? It could easily backfire. Uh, I'm gonna let the audience know we've had simultaneous drafts before and uh, during Partridge Palooza, uh, I believe, where we had 
the double dolphin. So if y'all are interested in finding out what the double dolphin is, it's a beautiful water slide in the Vidalia area. It's a great festival. Anyway, I've seen nasty Nate pass out for like six rounds of his draft. And, uh, how'd that turn out? Well, I, uh, I was not Sacco, but it didn't end well. I was, I struggled the entire season. So the, the auction draft, uh, mentality, I think this is a good intro into this. Uh, uh, the auction draft mentality is one of, uh, you, you gotta have a, uh, I guess a strategic mindset. So the, the default is you have $200 of draft money and you're, you know, you have the same roster for a normal stank draft, but you have to strategically budget your money for however you want to use it. So Christian McCaffrey, the last couple of uh, drafts has been the, the, the highest bid player. And it can go up to, we only have a 10, 10 player league. So it's, uh, you know, the less players you have. That sounds like a con your league, actually, though. 12 I or nothing, dude. I, dis- I disagree. I disagree so much with that because yeah. it, I want to hear what you have to say about this because I, I can go both ways too. Yeah. Right. I'm actually a member of an eight member league as well. They, who is this your family or something? Yeah. It's me and my damn ex-wife's dog in the league. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, the eight versus league is the, <laughs> is the, my work people. It's, it's just a select group of work people. I right, go on, go on. I want to hear why ten person is better. Well, let me ask you this: Why is it? Would Would you prefer having fourteen people? Maybe Maybe sixteen people. Maybe that's better. I've done sixteen person in my work league this last season, and it, that was terrible. I did not approve of that. I think twelve is a nice balance. So you agree that more is not better? That there's some balance, right? Some yes, optimal number. Yes. Uh, now I think that twelve provides a more competitive environment and it is the probably the max that you should do. But I think, I don't think, I know 16 is too many. Chase thoughts. Six, yeah. 16. I mean, you're getting into guys that will be lucky if they get four catches a game. Yeah. But, I was starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I think where Nathan might be going with this is 10 team. You're going to, ha- you're not going to have to worry as much about injuries, but you're going to have to worry about, I've got too many healthy guys, and which one's going to have a better week. Mm. Mm. That and, Now, that's a valid point. That's a valid point. And so that, you know, because a lot of times in 12-team leagues, it's a no-brainer. Like, i got to start this guy. He's healthy. He's the only guy yeah. i got. You know? And, and maybe. You could have a, you could, should I put this guy flex? Should I put, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's There's more options. Right, and, and maybe that's a trade-off ratio is that like in a 12-man league draft, you're thinking a lot more. I, at least I do, too. I think a lot more about injuries, you know, or extracurriculars, uh, since we've talked about that a lot during this podcast, like Ray Rice punching the ever-living piss out of his w- girlfriend. I remember that screwing me over exponentially, but like guys like Antonio Brown, like I didn't touch him just because he was nuts, you know? And like in 12-man league, you didn't have enough of a – bench that grabbing a b may be worth it right i'll say i'll say this nate so what you know walk, walk us through 
your strategy on draft day? Like, what are you the guy that's going to ball out and spend a lot of right. money on Christian McCaffrey, or are you going to sit back and wait, feel, feel out the draft? How, what are your What are your thoughts? Yeah, so my strategy is to blow all my load early and then get blacked out. I've seen this strategy. I've seen this strategy <laughs> real time. I've seen real. What? Okay. Was, I mean, you've been league champion, so I can't like comment. There's too one much. time. There's one time that I worked out. And that was in twenty. When was the Double Dolphin? Twenty eighteen. No, no, it was before that. Maybe 2015, uh, 2016. 2015. No, it was 2016. It was 2016 because that was the year we had it. And because uh, the, the, the champion of the league determines where the draft is. And that year we had it uh, had it my house, Adelia. That's when we had the double dolphin. But it's really risky. It's risky to blow your load early because if uh, – that player gets injured, which Christian McCaffrey so often does, then you're screwed. <laughs> but it it because you have the option in in this this is the huge thing. You have the option to really have nothing but studs. You can have three tier one. You have a tier one wide receiver, two tier one running backs, and the rest of your team be trash. You can do that. You don't have that option in the snake draft. And if that, if those players, you do that, which is what I did that one year, I, I drafted the entire Kansas City Chiefs, and it <laughs> freaking worked. Chase, Chase what, do you, game. what do you think about the Chiefs strategy? I mean, Nathan, you hit him in, in the prime. Chase, Chase yeah. tried that strategy last season did not work. I drafted Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. Back by the back. And it had weeks where it was like, okay, this is exactly how I envisioned this team going. But then there was weeks when I thought I've made a big mistake. What was your record? Um, he was like in the 500 club with me. Yeah, I think I ended up a 500 team. I, I started off like two and six or something. Then I rattled off like five in a row. But yeah. not enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's great. So I think Chase also touched on this, and we'll, we'll circle back to back to it. You talked about just like the best league in Southeast, which is the West, the Box God League. The champion gets to choose where you draft. So y'all have gone to places like Disney World before, and we've gone to Vegas and Darlington, South Carolina for NASCAR races. But this year, we hear that y'all are going to somewhere very special. Where is that? And, and, and who won? And give us the details on that. Yeah, so this past year we were in Vegas and we were joking around. Uh, Stephen Bender, he, he, he's a he's a older fraternity brother, but he uh, he he's kind of a fanciful person, and uh, he joked around. He's been joking about this for years. Well, we thought he was joking that uh, if he ever won, we would have a New Zealand draft. Well, this year he won. And uh, sure enough, yeah, that's uh, that's the plan. It's uh, go to New Zealand for a weekend trip. And Chase asked me, he said, "A weekend trip?" He said, "He said at a twenty-eight hour flight." And I said, "Yeah, so we'll be there for approximately I don't know twelve hours." 
just enough time to do the draft in the airport <laughs> and then fly back. That's correct. That's what we're going to do. But that's the, and, and then you might ask yourself, well, what about mm. all these COVID protocols? You know, <laughs> in New Zealand closed out to the rest of the world. Don't they have zero COVID cases because they do all this crap? And the answer is yes. And we're, we will be doing all this COVID protocols. And wait, then you might wait, ask yourself. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Do you, in the 12 hours that you're there, do you mean to tell me that you're going to have to go get a COVID test? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to let you. You got to take one before you go, before you step on the plane. Then you get when you step off the plane, you got to get another one. But uh, the, the point is moot because we don't, won't don't be you able have to take one. Don't you have to take another test to leave, too? So that's three tests. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, none of this makes sense. But then we, I guess we're just going to do it like the Chili's there in the, in the uh, what do you call it, Christchurch Airport. <laughs> Do y'all even have a hotel? No, there's there's no hotel. No, I'm <laughs> telling you, it's like a day trip with a 28 hour flight. You can't even go ways. to where the the hobbits actually were. You know, in New Zealand, where they Peter uh, Jackson filmed it. I mean, uh, some people might be making to like a uh, vacation or something, but people who have to work for a living, you know, it's it's tough. But none of that is important. Because the rules stand that whoever is the league champion may choose wherever they want to. I got all right. Last, you know, to wrap up this long ass podcast that poor Scott's gonna have to edit. I do have a question. What I heard there's a special bet. Not only do y'all have a uh, your own sports book for the league, but there's a special bet with the man that operates the sports book with the league with you specifically. What 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 bet is that? Yeah, Herman Riles and myself, we have a special rivalry, and it's been strained over the years for various reasons. But we are back on the up and up, and we are back to where we started. There is a bet I'm very proud of, and I am on the winning end of this bet. This bet is that the winner of the 12th game of the season every year, every year, doesn't matter. The winner receives 20 pounds of wild game meat. 20 pounds of wild game meat from the loser. Okay? Now, what does this mean? Practically speaking. Practically speaking, the loser must kill an animal. It might have to be multiple animals. Butcher them. Put them in a freezer. Okay? Next step, deliver them to the winner. 20 pounds. Okay. What if I'm killing squirrels? Okay. You got to kill 200 squirrels. That's just the facts. Okay. What if I kill a deer? Okay. You're probably going to have to kill just one deer. That's probably enough. Now, yeah, some of us kill four in one sitting there. Well, that was me. You, didn't, you never did that. <laughs> yeah. I was making a joke. Yeah. I did that earlier this year. In preparation for this bet, specifically, I you know I, I really did kill four deer on opening day, but that, that's not important. The real motivation on that it was twofold. Number one, 
I eat, uh, you know, I love venison. Oh yeah. But, but number two, I was preparing. This is, this is an important leadership lesson. You prepare as a contingency for the worst. Okay. In this case, I, uh, I had had a couple of delinquent years. Okay. So this bed is five years old. The first two years I won. Herman, God bless his soul. He packed on dry ice 20 pounds of wild boar, venison, and elk, and even some bear. Oh, oh yeah. I remember when he killed the bear. Yeah. Yeah. Way better stuff to offer. Sent it to my house. On dry ice, and it was wonderful. It was great. Well, that was year one. Year two, year three, I uh, I'm I'm in the middle of some personal issues with my. Uh, I, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> Here's the thing: you can always come up with some kind of excuse right. about why you don't meet your commitments, why you're not accountable, and there is no excuse. Well, year four comes around. I still don't meet the commitment. Should I be over the yada, yada, yada? Yeah, sure. I don't. Well, this year, we make a, I I want to make amends. So I make the bet. I say, okay, if I were to have lost the last two years combined, then I would have owed you 40 pounds of wild game. Agreed? Yes, sure. Well, what is the price of not honoring your commitments? Because one of those years I won, and the other year he won. So on paper, it was like zero. But because I had not honored my commitment, there's some uh, recompense. 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 The past. correct. I agree with that sentiment. Well, we landed on. That the baseline of what was owed was 40 pounds. So if he were to win this year, I would have owed 60 pounds of wild game meat. That's nice. Do you know how many deer you have to kill to get 60 pounds of wild game meat? <laughs> well, it depends on the deer. You have to kill four. You have to kill four deer. <laughs> those are those are some very small does, though. I live in South Georgia, Josh. This I is know. the damn Rocky Mountains. I know, I know. He's a little white-tailed deer. <laughs> I've shot a few in South Georgia. Anywho, the, Anywho, thankfully, I beat him, so I only owed him 20 pounds. So I, uh, I, I hand-delivered him to his parents' house in Atlanta, gave him to him. Um, we had a, like a photo shoot, and it was uh, the, the deed was done. Do you carry you carried a balance over time? That seems kind of weak. You that is kind of weak. You should have had to have paid up way sooner. Yeah. Well, and, and well, I went through a terrible divorce chase. This is where I talk about my excuses. Listen, the man gave you bear and elk meat. I'm about to say, Nate or uh, Herman's a great fantasy guy. I think you owe him way more than that. You should have him on the show and get his opinions. What I think, I think that'd be a great idea. We'll do a hunting and fantasy football one. I, I, you know, Herman, aka the flounder. Yes, uh, would be a great guess. I would yes. uh, highly encourage someone else who quit your league for whatever reason. All right. Well, 
I think we should wrap up. I do have one thought, and this goes out to our league. So Chase is also the commissioner of the West Box League. This also goes out to the TCAN Gold Club League. There's been a lot of banter back and forth of the years. I think, and hear me out, I'm willing to quit a lot of worker leagues because I really don't care about them. I care about the West Box Scott League. I care about the integrity of the West Box Scott League. There's a thing called the Champions League in European soccer. Thought just occurred to me. This is a this is just a thought. What if we had a European Champions League style league where the top teams from the West Box God League duked it out with the top teams from previous years TK and Gold Club League just to settle every year who's the best league? I'll uh, I'll, I'll bat up first on this one. I think um, personally, I'm a fan. Of the, of the idea. So your idea is basically you have a primary lead and a secondary lead and the top five, the top league goes to the top league and the bottom five goes to the advisor. Well, 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 well more than that, it's if you keep playing your same leagues, but you bring your champions from the previous year into the champions league, like your top six, right? So, or, or top five, if we determine top five or top six. So the top five from the West of the Box God League and the top five from the TKN Gold Club League meet together, and maybe maybe the losers that don't make the Champions League have to throw in five dollars right to, to to sweeten the pot, and then we figure out and duke it out. Who who is the best league? Five, did you say five dollars? I mean, I'm just an example, right? On top of your normal league league or your league normal old dollars, five old dollars. <laughs> You know, you put in 20, 20 extra bucks or something like that for for just the Champions League on top of your normal league dues. Um, the I'm details not, can be hammered out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not understanding what you're. Like, like the idea there, there's been talks, there's been serious negotiations with the TCAN Gold Club and the Theta High League about doing a Champions League type. Uh, set up where they are also a 10 person league which is the optimal number <laughs> they so we there would be 20 teams total and the top five of each league goes into the premier league and the bottom five of each league goes into the i don't know the secondary league and that it's like that every year and then there's a grand champion of the Premier League, and there's a grand champion of the secondary league. And, you know, obviously the the, the, the payouts are similar, but the, the prestige is more. But what you're describing is not that. No, I'm describing similar to what they actually do in outside of the Champions League. You still play in your league, right? But if you placed well in your league the last year, you play in the Champions League, it's like a side league almost. What I'm talking about? Is, are we okay. not talking about the same thing, Chase? No, no, no. To be honest with you, I have no freaking clue. <laughs> okay, well, well, hear me out. It, it, okay, all, all I know is got to be, if you're going to have people playing competing in similar leagues, it's got to be the same number of people, which sounds like, in Nathan's case, they, they may have that. Yeah. But it wouldn't be fair if we got a 12-team league going against a 10-team. That's true, that's true. All I hear is y'all get a y'all y'all get a man up and get two more players. while I got out of that. It sounds like you're diluting your league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right. 
Well, that's why I say I think we can negotiate the 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 seating and who gets into the league. I, I think a Champions League would be great to end all this. He said, she said, it's better than who, you know. And maybe, maybe, and maybe having three leagues stay to high. I know they seem like a bunch of losers. I'm, I'm in. So maybe, uh, whoa, I just said that. So maybe we have a 12 man league where the three leagues combine four guys, the four, top four from each league come and play on the side. Yeah. What, what are you going to do? You have your arbitrary team against another arbitrary team where you didn't. No, 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 no. You can have the same guys on the teams. Yeah, you'd have the exact same people on the team. Oh, my goodness. The top four from the previous year. Yeah, we're speaking the same thing, Josh. You don't understand what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I think the listeners, when I made my explanation, I think they'll understand what I said. And then they'll be, <laughs> Josh, why don't you understand what you said? Okay, go. Oh, you want me? Oh, well, I'll describe again. Okay. So basically, okay, you've got two 10 man leagues. Okay. The top oh, I heard that. I heard that. I, but, but my thing is, I want to keep my, my normal league on the side. Well, that's, you can't do that. That's, yeah, you can. Uh, no. You, yeah, you, you can. Would, if you wanted to keep your own league and keep the same members, you would have to make it an entirely different league. That's what I'm saying. The Champions League is entirely different. I think you're missing that. So uh, when I give the analogy of a I Champions see. League, it is completely different from your normal Premier League, your La Liga. See. They're completely separate, right? I see. I yeah. See. All right. I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah. That was not what uh, the thing. I, I assume I assumed you understood club. European soccer, but that's that's an assumption that we should not make. Yeah. I didn't get to read that Wikipedia article before the podcast. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. But what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, I'd be willing to put aside, I don't know, $500 a year for that. <laughs> All right, well, we'll take this offline. This sounds great. We'll let Chase get back. I know it's getting late over in uh, the Eastern time zone. I'd like to thank, number one, Nathan, for hopping on the pod, getting to interact with us for the first Bitching with the Boys episode, uh, and then also telling us about his time as a Big support of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Chase, you have any ending words as well? We'll talk about this Champions League-style league offline, and we'll see what happens. It's always good to have another Jacket fan on the pod. You know, Nate, Nate's Jacket blood runs deep. Not many Jacket fans can say they've been to an international country to watch the team play. So. That's true. And eating along in the box, D, and uh, Shepherd's Pie. So what a real man. With that, drinking with the Jackets fans, thank you for tuning in. And until next time, go Jackets.